Colossians 1.28, Him we proclaim. Him. Not what, not that, not this, not ideas, not propositions. Him we proclaim. Our gospel's not information alone. Our gospel's not just doctrine. Our gospel's not morality. Our gospel's not try harder, do better. Our gospel's not exhortation. Our gospel's not even a message about get real committed to the Bible. And then you'll be saved. No, our gospel is a person. Him, Colossians 1.28, Him we proclaim. Our gospel is a person. What we're offering people is an invitation to begin a deep relationship with a person who is alive and real and amazing. And He, Jesus, the Messiah, is the good news. Okay, so that's the whole message in a nutshell. Him we proclaim. All right, that's point number one. Point number two, it's important for us to know, number two, how did the church fathers interpret the Bible? The church fathers. You say, church fathers? Who are they? Uh, they are the early pastors of the first couple hundred years of the Christian movement. And you go, well, I don't care how they read the Bible. I just want the Bible. Well, uh, you know that the church fathers, they were the ones who were discipled by the guys who were discipled by Jesus. And they had learned from the people who learned from Jesus how to live, what to believe, and all that stuff. And their living tradition guided them to select what books belong in your Bible and what books do not belong in your Bible. It seems like it would be kind of important to know what the church fathers who gave you a Bible, how they interpreted the Bible. And here's how they interpreted the Bible. They said every text of the Bible has a body and a soul and a spirit. You have a body and a soul and a spirit. And the Bible, every text of the Bible has a body and a soul and a spirit. The body is its historical and literal. The soul is its metaphorical or broader applications. And the spirit of a given text is the relationship or the connection that the divine author intended, which finds its fulfillment in Jesus and in New Covenant realities. So let me play this out for you real quick. Like take the Song of Songs, for example. Beautiful, romantic love poetry found in your Old Testament, right? Body, soul, spirit. What's the body of Song of Songs? How did the church fathers interpret that? Well, the body of it is the literal historical. Two, two real people who lived, who were in love, who had a romantic relationship, physical, emotional, romantic, sexual relationship, firing on all cylinders, and poetically and beautifully expressed. That's the body of the, of the Song of Songs. What about the soul of the Song of Songs? Well, the soul is that that relationship, that romantic poetry, applies and relates to any monogamous heterosexual romantic relationship anywhere in the whole world. You can read that and draw insights and resonance, meaning, oh, wow, just like a great rock and roll song. That applies to me. I agree. I want to sing that song. Anywhere. So that's the soul of the Song of Songs. But now here's the church father saying, what about the most important sense in which the earthly human authors might not have even recognized, but the divine author of Scripture 100% intended? And it's this, the body, the soul, the spirit of Song of Songs is what? The relationship between Christ and the church. So the church fathers read not just Song of Songs, but the whole Bible as having complexity and depth. Now, some of us today, nowadays, who are critical of the faith, a scientific worldview, a materialistic worldview, who say faith in a, in a God at all is absurdity, will look to the 
the body of the text and you'll say, look at these mistakes, look at these errors, look at these contradictions. Dude, you're not the smartest person who ever lived. 2,000 years of geniuses have been reading this book and they were well aware of that. They understood the humanness of the Bible and it didn't cause them to conclude that, the, that somehow God was not involved. How did the church fathers read the Bible? Ultimately, its greatest, deepest meaning is seen as everything connects back to Jesus. The third point is this. Jesus interpreted the Bible as ultimately being about him. <laughs> John chapter 5, he says, You search the scriptures because you think that they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Listen to it. You guys think that if you study the Bible and believe the Bible and agree with the Bible and your beliefs line up with the Bible's beliefs, that that will somehow bring you life, and you're wrong. How many Christians today believe that? Tons of Christians today believe that. They believe that if their beliefs in their head match up with the teachings in the Bible, that that automatically somehow gives them eternal life. Why? Well, because they've taken the Greek word for faith, they've rendered it in English, belief, and then when they read belief, they mean mental agreement. So now they actually change the meaning of faith from personal trust in God to agreement about ideas on a page. Do you know what James says about that? James says, demons have better doctrine than you. But they're not going to heaven. They don't know God. They don't love God. Demons believe, says James, and shudder. Where is the lie found? If it's not found in the Bible, but the Bible's pointing to... Oh. Or Luke 24, 27. It says, Jesus took them then through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from the scriptures the things concerning himself. Oh, my word. So all through Moses and the prophets, Jesus says, look at all these connection points that talk about me. And the disciples go, huh. Then later he says, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then verse 45 of Luke 24, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. All of a sudden they could see it. And what did they see? The big picture. And what was the big picture? It's all aimed at new covenant realities fulfilled in Jesus. The whole Bible carefully orchestrated through all that all the Father has done in, in the history of, of, of his interactions with Israel, pointing to Jesus. That's point number three. Jesus read the Bible as being ultimately about him. Now, point number four. The Bible becomes extremely full of relevant data to the follower of Jesus when your whole life is swept up in knowing Jesus, following Jesus, enjoying Jesus, increasing your joy in Jesus, pleasing Jesus, understanding Jesus. When that becomes your whole life, nothing could be more relevant to you than every page of the whole Bible. And there are some people who are like, well, the Old Testament doesn't apply to us believers because we're not under the law. And I'm like, Look, we died to the law so that we could belong to Jesus and bear fruit to God. But now that we belong to Jesus, the Old Testament is extremely useful at edifying and encouraging and building up our faith in Jesus to make us full and complete and prepare us to know how to walk with him. Point number five, Paul the Apostle definitely interpreted it this way. Give me just, I'll give you three examples. 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, for I resolved to know nothing when I was with you except Christ and am crucified. He shows up to the Corinthian church and he says, I'm going to pretend like the only thing I even know is Jesus crucified because I'm convinced 
that even though I'm a genius and I can tell you all kinds of things about all kinds of things, the only thing that actually will bring you life is Jesus. So I'm going to focus on Jesus. Or how about Galatians? He says, guys, I don't know what's wrong with you. Before your very eyes, Christ Jesus was portrayed as crucified. Now, what does that mean? They had a passion play? No. That means the focus of his conversation with them when he came to them was Jesus crucified. Sound familiar? There it is, just like in Corinth. Third example, Romans 7. Paul says, So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ in order that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that you might bear fruit to God. When you thought your, your righteousness came through keeping Bible commands, all that happened was it awakened the power of sin in you and you became more aware of, you were sl- of your slavery to sin. So Paul's like, yeah, the Bible's really important at pointing you to Jesus. Paul interpreted the Bible this way and preached the gospel this way. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Number six, the Christian view of history is Christ-centered. The Christian view of history is creation, fall, redemption, new creation. It started through Jesus, and it's headed toward Jesus, and it will be okay. Here's my little conspiracy theory, all right? It's my favorite conspiracy. Everything's going to be all right because Jesus has overcome. Oh, so no matter what you see on the news, I need you to think this with me. This changes nothing. No matter what goes wrong in your life, I need you to realize this with me. This changes nothing. This right here is a day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Today, my priority is Jesus, knowing Jesus, following Him, enjoying Him, delighting in Him, feasting on Him, savoring Him, yielding to Him. Boom, because this changes nothing. Why? Everything's going to be all right because Jesus has overcome. That's the Christian view of history. It's what the fake news media will never tell you. (laughs) And point number seven. Because our message is a person, him we proclaim. Because our message is a person, it's personal. Now, many of us are scared of the personal. We're scared of relationship. We're scared of trust. We're scared of love. We're scared of vulnerability. Some of us hide from the personal and the intimate and the relational in religion. And because we feel safer that way. That's not helpful. And actually, that will cause us to not grow up in Jesus. It will cause us to have stunted growth in Jesus. We will then equate growth with growth in, in, in knowledge, in doctrine, and in insight, or discipline. And that's not the kind of growth we're called to. The growth we're called to is growth in grace. And growth in grace is relational. Growth in grace is growth in love, and growth in hope, and growth in peace, and growth in joy. That's a byproduct of friendship with God. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. What's a bruised reed? A bruised reed is is bent over, and all it would take is a few more uh, pushes, and it would snap. That's a person who's bent over and about to break in life, and and Jesus, it says, carefully handles that one, does not break it, protectively surrounds it, or a smoldering wick that that candle's about to go out. Maybe you're you're almost all out of hope. You're almost all out of even reasons to get back up, even reasons to keep keep on in life, right? And it's Jesus cups his hand around that candle and he he, he calms the winds around that one. Mm. Some people flee the personal to go to the religious, but but uh, religion is an idol. And yeah, they can they cannot, you know, disappoint you, but they can never love you. They can never be kind to you. They can never breathe life on you. They can never forgive you. They can never encourage you. They can never speak to you. And they are not interactive. Our God is. And our Jesus, our Savior, is, because he's not a list of rules, do's and don'ts. 
He's a person, so it's personal. That's it. Those are the seven points. Our gospel is Jesus-centered. Number two, the fathers read the Bible this way. Number three, where'd they get it? Jesus. Jesus read the Bible this way. Number four, uh, the Bible, when read this way, becomes extremely useful and practical and helpful to the believer. Number five, Paul read the Bible this way. Number six, this Christian. This is the Christian view of history. It's Jesus-centered, and we, <laughs> we win because he wins, so it's going to be okay. And finally, number seven, because our message is a person, it's personal. Mm-hmm.